Welcome to New Beginning Podcast Show. My name is Kumbio Yehidele. I'm your host. On this show, we share our testimonies and record uh, and our victory reports. We share stories of what God has done for us. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to the show so we can you can receive notifications when a new episode comes out. On this episode, I have um, a wonderful brother, brother um, Michael Griffin from um, a new Christian Life Center. <laughs> and um, I want to um, welcome you to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you. And I would like um, you to... Um, First of all, tell us a little bit about your um, journey um, into as a, as a as a Christian. How did your journey start um, as a Christian? So well, my journey as a Christian started in 1992, and I had met someone in college who was a Christian. And on what you might call a bluff, she invited friends around our lunch table, our dinner table at the cafeteria in uh, the dorms. She invited us to, uh, you know, each one of us around the table to go to church with her. And this one had to do homework. This one had to do a paper. This one had to do practice for something else. And so when she finally got to me, she invited me and I said, well, sure, why not? You know, mm. and so I began to attend church with her, right. and it was um, it was a different experience. Mm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, after about a month and a half or so, maybe uh, of Sundays, and we started a revival. And on March ninth, nineteen ninety two, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues Mm -hmm. as the spirit gives the utterance and then Mm -hmm. on march 10th the same uh the day after i was baptized in jesus name yeah that's great we thank god for that amen mm -hmm. and so how has your journey been um you know your christian journey been since that happened well i will tell you that (laughs) first and foremost I'm alive. Mm. Yeah. Because I was on a road that I believe if I had continued on without Jesus, I might not be sitting here today talking mm. with you. Mm. And so thanks be to God for just his grace to keep me to that place where I could reconcile with him and get to know him. And then ultimately, these over 30 years now, I've been with Jesus, and I haven't turned back the whole time. Now, it hasn't been always, you know, like roses and sunshine and rainbows or nothing. But, you know, the cool part is, is that I never imagined that I would be married. Mm. And my wife and I have been married. Uh, It will be 27 years this year. Wow. Wow. Uh, I never imagined that I'd have children, and I have a beautiful 17-year-old daughter mm-hmm. who's serving God, loves God with her heart, even mm-hmm. feels led to, you know, called to go to a mission field. Yeah. Um, you know, I never imagined I'd own a home. Mm-hmm. I never imagined I'd have a job that I could support a family. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I never imagined all of these things. Mm. And God has supplied them in abundance. Mm. Far more than I could have imagined. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. So share with us the testimony that you want to share with us today. There's so many. <laughs> uh, like, is there? Would you have like a particular? Well, I really something I would like to. You'd like me to hear? Like well, me to say? I really love. I, I think one of the reasons why I was so excited about you coming to the show was because of the testimony you shared of your journey prior to you. Um, giving your life to Christ and becoming, you know, the, the repentant. So just a little bit, if you're comfortable sharing that. Sure. So you, you want my life story? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see if I can maybe give you a couple of things. You know, I mm-hmm. grew up in a broken home. Mm. Um, you know, my mom and dad got married. He was in the military. He was in the Air Force. And um, they got married really young. Um mm. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was stationed in, in Florida. And so I was born mm. at an Air Force base. Mm. And then, um, I guess about eight or nine months later, they were restationed up in Alaska. My brother was born. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm only about a year or so old now at this point. And, and then maybe a few more months after that, obviously, he was, uh, we, we moved to, uh, New England um, I can't remember if it was Massachusetts or New Hampshire but eventually we ended up in New Hampshire right um, that's where my dad was from um, and so we uh, you know we're a little family my brother and I my mom and dad and uh, but m- my dad he was he was abusive he was an alcoholic hmm. And um, after, you know, a few years, I think probably I was about three or four years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom said, no, I, you know, we, we got we to gotta shut this down because she was being abused and mm-hmm. she didn't want my brother and I to be abused. Mm-hmm. And so they divorced. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I still saw my dad. He still had visitation rights whenever mm-hmm. I was growing up until I was about seven years old. Mm-hmm. And then when I was about seven, he uh, he brought my brother and I home from a camping trip once, and he uh, he was so so inebriated that he could mm. barely walk up the stairs to our house. Right. Uh, at that point, my mom said, "No, we I can't have anything happen to my boys." So mm. uh, my father signed away his parental rights mm. for me and my brother, and uh, that was the last time I saw him. Mm. fast forward just a few years my mom had gotten remarried Mm. and um, I was about 12 years old and uh, my mom got a phone call and she pulled my brother and I aside and said I have to tell you something Mm. and she said "Um, your dad has died mm. and of course you know I'm 12 my brother's 11 that's pretty hard mm-hmm. you know now we didn't know our dad so we, we weren't really sure what to say or think or how to take it you know mm-hmm. um, you know he had committed suicide 
mm. which is which is a challenge because you know at 12 years old you don't even understand what that is really right right, right. you know um but uh but he committed suicide mm. and so we went to go see my dad at the funeral home mm. um he was there in the coffin um it's weird, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I remember looking at his thumb. His thumb was shaped differently than I remember. It was like a club thumb, you know, mm. and it had a wart on it. And I noticed that his handlebar mustache was longer than the last time I remember seeing it. Mm. You know, but that was the last time I had seen my dad, you know, and I didn't even really cry while I was staying there because, again, I was 12 years old. I didn't know really what to do. Right. Um... And uh, we didn't go to the funeral, so I had no idea where he was buried. Mm. And, you know, so that was sort of the end of that, at least so I thought, at mm. 12 years old. Again, I don't know Jesus at this point. My family doesn't know Jesus. Mm. But, uh, you know, I didn't realize the effect that that had on me growing mm. up as a teenager. Mm. Because only but a few years after that, I think I was about 14, um, my mom got divorced again from the from the guy that she had married. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that I mean, that really caused a problem because mm-hmm. this guy said, oh, he took my brother and I out camping, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the way home, he said, by the way, um, your mom and I are getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, you can imagine how angry this made me, but I didn't even realize I was angry because of this. I was angry because I didn't have a dad. Mm. And I didn't, you know, so I grew up as a teenager, and I didn't have a dad, and I was angry. I was full of anger, full Mm. of just rage, you know. Even, I was so angry that my my coach in the gym class, he said, you should go out for football. Mm. Because you wanted to try to assert that aggression towards, you know, playing football. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I grew up a bit. And and, and uh, after I graduated high school, I actually didn't go to college uh, right after high school. I took a year off. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, as a Finnish electrician for a modular home company. But in New Hampshire, they don't build houses for, you know, about 15 weeks during the winter. Because there's mm. snow. You can't build houses. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I got laid off. And at that point, I realized, well, I can't do this all my life. Mm. And so I got with my high school guidance counselor again. And she said, you're going to West Virginia University. Mm. I said, all right, cool. So, I mean, you know, you didn't mm-hmm. have to have, like, the best uh, SAT scores or anything for that. <laughs> so uh, I got accepted. And uh, I was going to go. I actually had a partial scholarship to, to, to sing. Mm. And uh, I was going to be a voice major. I was hoping to get into to musical theater, hoping to get on to you know, either an off-Broadway show or a traveling show or mm. something like that, like Les Miserables or you know, Miss Saigon or playing mm. with the opera or something like that. Mm. Um, but I got to college, and of course I was in a place, I had culture shock. You know, up in New Hampshire, it's a different culture than in West Virginia. Mm. You know, in West Virginia, people are friendly. You walk by them on the street, and they say hi to you. In New Hampshire, where I lived, that wasn't the case. <laughs> so I walked, as I was walking to the dorm after I got off the bus, you know, it's uh, two or three people said hi to me. I'm thinking to myself, the next person who says hi to me, I'm going to like pop them in the nose, man, because this is like terrible. I mean, dude, I don't know you. You don't know me. What are you talking to me for, right? Wow. 
So I go through the first semester of college. I'm all alone. I have no friends. I mean, except, you know, I make some friends there at college or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, I do the whole party thing. And it comes to the end of the first semester, and it's finals week. Mm. And that Sunday before finals week, um, I went out, played football with the guys, wasn't dressed well, it was rainy, it was wet, and I'd caught, I'd caught something, mm. flu, pneumonia, whatever. I didn't know what it was. It was just like, oh, I was getting sick. Mm. Well, by Friday of that week, I had my last final mm. at... Um, 8.30 in the morning. It was my English final. I went to it. Came out the door of the classroom and uh, I walked about five or six steps and I couldn't, I was so weak I could barely walk. Mm. And they had maybe a bench outside the, uh, outside the classroom. So I sat down and it just so happened that I was, you know, my next door neighbor in the dorm, he was, he took the class with me and he came out. He's like, hey, you're, you're doing all right. I said, mm. I can't walk, bro. He's like, you need my help? I was like, I'll try. Well, we walked to the end of the hallway, you know, about 100 feet, and that was about all I could do. And mm-hmm. so he sat me in one of those chairs with a little desk on it there, and he said, here, I'll uh, go get the professor, and maybe she'll take you to the dock or whatever, you know? So he went back there. While he was there, and, you know, he came back and said that, uh, you know, that he said that uh, she would take me to the hospital after the final was over. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, as I was sitting there waiting for the final to be over, I was so sick that I could only describe experiencing, I guess, what would be a hallucination. Mm. Because I saw a up in like the air, this sort of like a, a globe, like a sphere, mm. and it was covered in like a sludge. And in that in that sphere, there came out a little face that came out through the sludge and it said death three times Mm. well at this moment I'm thinking I'm going to die I mean at this moment I'm thinking this is it Mm -hmm. I'm 19 years old Mm. I'm going to die they took me to the hospital took me to the emergency room I was told several days later um, that the nurse one of the nurses who saw me come in didn't think I was going to live that night Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe in God's grace. Yeah. Because I had flu in both of my lungs. I had pneumonia in both of my lungs. Mm. Um, I was dehydrated. Mm. Um, I was in bad shape. And only by the grace of God did I come through that ordeal. Went back home for Christmas break. Came back to school. And I kind of had a little bit of a different attitude about life I was like okay well let me maybe I should be nicer to people and not so hateful and angry mm-hmm. and rageful mm. and then that as I said led to kind of like meeting this mm. friend uh, you know it was this group of girls that I used to hang out with that um, you know we do lunch or dinner together or whatever mm. and uh, we started talking about God mm. and you know I mean I had grown up and I had gone to church a little bit when I was growing up, but mm. it wasn't like this. It wasn't a Pentecostal church. It wasn't apostolic. They, mm. you know, I mean, they believed God and stuff, but it was no, there was no experience. Mm. So when she started 
going around the table saying, you know, hey, you want to come to church with me? I thought, well, this is great because I'd like a girlfriend, so, you know, <laughs> I'll say yes. And she'll be like, oh, well, he's a nice, nice church-going boy. It's all good. Mm. So when she invited me, the first day that I went, the campus ministry mm. guy, he, mm. uh, pre- preacher, he, uh, he preached on repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Now, this is how messed up I was. I was 19 mm. years old. He's probably about maybe 35, 36, 37 years old. Mm. And he comes out and he see, sees me at the end. He's like, well, what'd you think? And I said, well, well, uh, you got some stuff wrong, but uh, mm-hmm. I'd be glad to set you straight on it. Isn't God very, very patient and very gracious? Because, mm-hmm. you know, man, what a what an arrogant thing to say. <laughs> how terrible. But, you know, I kept going to church. Right. And what was crazy was I would sit there on the pew. And, uh, you know, there'd be running around, people clapping, people jumping up and down, shouting and praising the Lord. And I'm sitting there and I didn't do anything. I didn't move. Mm. But we started a revival March 8th. That Sunday night, I had gone to church. Mm. It was a Sunday night and I had... Um, Everything came and went, and we were getting ready to start revival Monday night, mm-hmm. which is the ninth. Mm-hmm. But I went home to the dorm, and I decided, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta just kind of like think about some things, you know. And so I went to the College of Creative Arts, and uh, I saw one of my friends. She said, "Man, what's up?" Because I was looking pretty rough. I was mm-hmm. looking down. I was, I was feeling the, I was feeling the conviction of mm-hmm. God. I was feeling the heaviness. I was feeling my sin, my, mm-hmm. the weight of all of that I have done. Right. And I said, I have to make a decision. Mm. But if I make this decision, it's going to change the rest of my life. Mm. She said, wow. And, but I couldn't, I didn't know how to tell her because I didn't know. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand really what I was, what I was involved in. All I knew is I was just, I felt so heavy mm. and I felt so broken. Mm. So I went to church the next night and the service, just like always, came and went, you know, good singing, good preaching, mm. good altar call, people getting the Holy Ghost, and I'm sitting there on my pew. Mm. And so my campus minister comes up to me and he says, um, hey, what'd you think? I said, about what? He said, um, well, you think this is for you or not? I said, I don't know. He says, uh, he said, well, why don't you talk to God about it? Mm. You know, God is very good because he brings us to the place where we need, right? Mm -hmm. And so I put my head down on the pew, the back of the pew in front of me on my row. And I remember saying these words and I said, God, if this is for me, give it to me tonight or I'm not coming back. Mm. Um, I don't think that was really the right thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I would highly recommend against anyone really saying that, but mm-hmm. really to understand what it was I saying as I was saying, God, mm. I'm at the end. I'm, mm. I'm at the end of me mm. and I can't do this. 
I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. And I don't know where I'm going. Mm. And I don't even know how I'm getting there. All I know is when I look up, all I see is bottom. Mm. I was nearly, I nearly died just a couple months before. Mm. And, and I had no idea what I was doing or why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. about 10 more minutes, maybe 15 minutes passed by. Next thing I know, I'm standing up, my hands lifted. Mm. And I began to speak in a language I've never learned. Mm. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I probably spoke in tongues for, it felt like at least a half an hour. I don't know how long. I didn't mm. leave the place until about 11, 11.30. They almost had to carry me out. Mm. It was just, I was just so full, so lifted, mm. so relieved, so that, that I had been changed. I'd been transformed. Mm. I'd been something happened in me mm. and it was God filling me with his very own spirit mm-hmm. the next night I got baptized in Jesus name mm-hmm. and I felt like you know a million pounds lifted off of me mm. it was, and I began to speak in tongues again as I come out of the water and it was just God being very good being God right. and, and, and just touching me mm. you know helping me become something that he wants me to be mm. i'm so grateful just i can't tell you i can't express to you you know i myself mm. as i was growing up as a teenager i myself came close to taking my own life mm. you know i went mm. to i went to a hospital mm. psychiatric hospital for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. because i wanted to kill myself mm. My teachers and counselors, they kind of gathered around me and said, hey, maybe we can get you some help. Mm. But they didn't realize that the help that I needed was hmm. was more than they could give me. Right. Man, thank God for, thank God for his love and mm. for his grace. Mm. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What a great testimony. You know, um, when you shared that with us, you know, and now that you're sharing it, it's just, you know, it's amazing for us to experience the love of a father, you know, our heavenly father, I think. Amen. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to, as we wrap things up, I wanted us, you to, you know, just to reach out to someone that might have been still contemplating or maybe thinking about how to connect with God as a father. Because that's the theme of the your testimony, and you know, and God calling you, and you recognizing that God is your your Father, your Heavenly Father. So, I would like you to just maybe talk to someone and, and about somebody that is trying to get you know find a father, you know. Sure. Or, yeah. Well, let me let me let me say, let me tell this testimony. Mm-hmm. Not long after I had received the Holy Ghost and baptized Jesus' name, mm-hmm. um, I had gone back to visit my family, and they kind of weren't sure that what I had received was true. But I mean, I knew what it was. I mean, it was it was real. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they came and 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 I was kind of a little bit down. So I called my campus minister. I said, "Hey, man, what do I do?" He said, "Well, you know, why don't you pray?" And I'm like. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I never knew it, how to pray before, but, you know, I was sort of learning stuff. Mm. And uh, 
So I happened to have an opportunity to go and help my help my old guidance counselor to uh, do some yard work for her. Mm. And um, so I said, all right, I'm going to pray. So I decided to sit down and talk with God while, while I was working. Mm. I, I said, all right, God, you and me. Mm. I got some time to spend with just you and me out here. Mm-hmm. So I, as I was working, I began to tell God my whole life story. Now I know he knows me. He's, he's, he created me, right? Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know what, I'm going to come to God like a child. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, as you said, you know, to re- help recognize our Father. You know, our, our, the, the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I'm going to step out in faith. Mm-hmm. And so I said, God, you know, I was, I was born in Florida and you know, my dad was in the Air Force, and my mom and dad, we moved to Alaska. My brother was born in... I kind of told my life story to... You know, and I told a little bit, obviously, a lot more details than mm. we have here for today, but I expressed over three hours my life story. I was only 20 years old, so, you know, I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> but three hours, I'm talking, and I'm just praying, and I'm raking leaves and picking stuff up, and, and I get done, and I said... My campus minister told me, he said, when you finish talking, he says, make sure to stop talking and listen. I said, all right. So I said, God, you and me. I said, uh, I'm going to listen. I'm going to wait for you to talk to me. And you know, I know God talked to me. He spoke to me that day. It wasn't loud, audible, booming thunder and lightning. I know he spoke to me. Mm. And he said three words to me. He said, Michael, my son. Mm. Only God would have known that I needed to hear Mm. that I had a dad. Mm. Only God would have known that those three words would have meant more to me than anything. Mm. because someone finally wanted me to be his son Mm. I've had I had two shots I had three shots because my mom got remarried when I was 17 Mm. and he wasn't a dad to me my mom asked me you know what do you think about this guy I want to marry and I said mom he's whatever you want to do he's going to be nothing for me Mm. But God said to me, Michael, Mm. my son, Mm. if you are fatherless, Mm. if you've had a bad relationship, a challenging relationship with your father, Mm. let me introduce you to a father who, Mm. he knows you, Mm. he loves you, Mm -hmm. he thinks you're valuable, Mm. more valuable than you can ever imagine. God loves each and every one of us. And when he said those words to me, Mm. something changed in me. Hallelujah. Mm. Something affected me. Yes. And God, it's like God healed me from a lot of hurts Mm. as I was growing up. Mm. Because I finally had a dad. Mm. And even sometimes in prayer today, I'll say, Dad, Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm. You're great. Mm. 
Father, you're so awesome. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful for you. Mm. We all have a Heavenly Father who's always reaching out to us. Right. Mm. All right. Thank you so much. That was a powerful, powerful testimony. And I'm so grateful. I'm so um, glad that you're able to join and come here to share this testimony. It was a pleasure um, being here. Yeah. And, of course, who knows? We might call you back <laughs> oh, okay. for more testimonies. But um, sure. we're so glad. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you, Sister Kumbi. <laughs>